millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is a CC Radio podcast. It was just the most massive thing I've ever seen. I, to tell you the honest truth, I thought, well, we're the only ones left on this planet. Something's happened. We've missed something here. The fear that went in me when I seen it was just, um, like the feeling, I'd say it was fear, but I've never felt that feeling before in my entire life. It's a weird feeling, like you can't explain it when you don't know. You feel like you're being followed, but you don't know what it is. We had two to our right, another one in front of us, another one to the left, and another one just across the road, shaking the daylight out of the tree. All we get is a big red eye. I remember waking up and looking at the end of the bed and there was a figure there, almost insect-like, and then I blacked out. Welcome to the show, everyone. You are listening to Believe, Paranormal and UFO Radio. My name is Cade Moyer and thanks for tuning in. If you've had an encounter, get in touch with me. My email address is believe at ccradio.com.au or you can message me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash believe UFO radio. If you enjoy this episode, there are a few things you can do to help the show. Firstly, you can go to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and review, or you can share the show around social media with your friends and family, and that would help us grow. Hey guys, Cade here. Just wanted to quickly jump in and say, have a very safe holiday season. And I just want to thank everyone for their support this year. And to do that, Here is a bonus episode for season nine. Now, if you want to contribute to these bonus episodes at the end of each season, make sure you jump into the show notes and see the new voicemail feature that we've got for the podcast. So if you are interested in that, jump down there. You can call in. You can leave a message up to 15 minutes long. And if your call does go a little bit longer, no worries. You can always call back and do another 15 minutes. So, guys... Please enjoy this bonus episode for Season 9. Hey, g'day. Um, yeah, my name's Lee, and had a, uh, a couple of UFO experiences. If I'm scratchy, I've just finished night shift. And they were both UFO sightings that I had were six weeks apart. And it was, it looked exactly the same. And both times I was on my motorbike. So the first time was riding to the Gold Coast. I looked in the sky ahead of me and it, it looked like a parachute. And what I noticed was it wasn't traveling left or right, up or down. It was, just hovering so I had a second look and I thought there's no there's no one underneath that parachute and it's not going anywhere and after looking at it a bit closer I noticed it was 
sort of a bluey, pale blue color, and it was uh, it was see-through, and uh, I had to turn a corner, so I kept looking back, and I finally lost sight of it, and I couldn't see it in the sky, and I sort of I had to let it go because I had to um, sort of maneuver through some traffic. And I came home, I told my wife and I told a few other people and um, sort of, you know, we were as excited as I was, I suppose. And then six weeks later, I had my wife on the bike with me and we were chatting on the intercom and all of a sudden she said, is that what you saw? And as she said that, I looked up and it was exactly the same object. It's floating in the sky above us, and we had a bit of a hill in front of us, and we were riding around it, so we lost sight of the UFO, and we were only out of sight for a couple of seconds, and and it disappeared. And I said to my wife, that was an F-11 flying through the sky. We still would have been able to see it. So it disappeared very quickly. But, yeah, that's my sightings. It's really interesting. And it wasn't long after that that things started happening in the house. But uh, I live in an old house built in 1920, an old Queenslander, so I don't know if that's related, but I've seen a light in the house. I've heard, a, I've heard someone say hello and... Uh, yeah, I've also seen someone walk through the house, but pretty bizarre, but anyway. I hope you enjoyed the story. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Well, this is um, uh, an event that happened to me in the northern suburbs of Melbourne, Victoria. And um, in the year of 1988, I was about eight years old. And um, what I can describe as a a reptilian uh, encounter. Um, So I'll set the scene that what happened was it was uh, summer, this was during summer, and back in those days, we didn't have um, roller shutters yet in 1988, so we had we had those pull-down blinds um, that were attached to the window outside, and you pull it down with a stick. So this was in the early morning, this was this was a Saturday morning, and during the summertime the sun comes up and you know everything's pretty much lit up. With those kind of blinds, the light can get in, so you can pretty much see everything inside the room. Um, so I just like to um, stress out that point because it plays a major part. Um, so what happened was it was early morning. Um, I was I was in bed, laying down in bed, and I wake up, 
and I'm on my I'm on my right hand side sleeping. I wake up, I'm looking around, I can see the whole room and everything. Everything is normal. I haven't got sleep paralysis, you know, like because people people might think that this is um sleep paralysis. Um so I I wake up, everything's normal, I can see everything around me. I'm on my right hand side and I decide to turn around onto my left side. And when I do this, um, I see something on my on the left side of my bed and as soon as I see this thing I, I'm scared, you know, like what is this? So I'm still I'm still in bed. Um, I move the cover down and I'm still I, I get up like I'm sitting up in bed and I turn to my left and I am face to face with what I can only describe as a reptilian alien being of some sort. Um, and when this happens, I am, I am paralyzed. So I've got a whole bunch of thoughts going through my mind and like the first first one was like, what the f is this thing doing in here? What is it? Um, I couldn't move. I couldn't scream. Um, I wanted to like jump out of bed, and I couldn't do that. Um, but well, the whole time this is happening, I am sitting up in bed. Like I and like I got up from my from my right hand side to turn over to my left, and I'm face to face with this thing and um, I'm looking at it and it's got think of an alien grey with pure black eyes with uh, a classic alien grey with pure black eyes and its face is wrapped in what I can only describe as um, like reptile skin like a lizard and the color of it was like a dark bluish green gray type of color the the eyes were pure black with like a a bone structure around the eye sort of uh it didn't have a nose but it didn't have a nose like a like a human would have had but it had like a like a, a tiny bit of raised bone structure underneath where the nose would have been with with two holes for a nose and a very very thin mouth, a uh, very very sl uh, thin slit for a mouth, and yeah, and they had like a it had a defined bone uh, jaw structure of it, but um, it didn't have any ears. It had like holes for ears, and this whole thing was just wrapped in like this. L uh, Scaly li uh, lizard skin. Um, uh, so I'm in bed. This thing is about head height with with me sitting up. So I'm guessing it would have it had to have been kneeling down. Um, and while this is happening, I'm feeling like a. Uh, a mental struggle, like it's trying to get into my mind. So, 
it's very hard to explain. Like when you when you're quiet and you're in your own uh, mind of thought, you're in your own head, you by yourself, right? This thing while it was staring into my eyes, it was it felt like I had two people in my mind and in my body at the same time, like it was trying to get into my mind and read and read, read every single thought that was going through my mind. Um, so I couldn't scream in any, I couldn't scream, move or any, do anything like that. Um, so I'm thinking this, this lasted for maybe two, three minutes. Um, so I'm thinking, how, how am I going to get out of this? Um, being Italian, I'm eight years old at that time anyway. Um, not very religious, you can imagine. Um, the only thing I think, the only thing I could think of was doing the sign of the Jesus cross in my, in my visual mind. I, and so I did that. And as soon as I did that, I was released. I could move look around the room and everything and it, and this thing was still there um so i was absolutely freaking out of my mind um so when i was released i ripped the i looked down for the for the blanket and ripped it over my head and hid under the under the blanket for until i could hear my parents or my sister get up out of bed um until then i got the courage and tried to peek out and this thing was it was gone um so yeah um i don't believe it was uh sleep paralysis because sleep paralysis people are usually um laying down on their back and and even if they wake up they can look around and they're already seen seeing things that are not supposed to be there so like I said I was I was on my right hand side I woke up everything was normal and decided to turn over to my left when I saw this thing fucking oh sorry mate um uh just standing like kneeling down beside my left hand side so that's that's pretty much it so that's that's my my uh, experience. Uh, I don't think there's any more I could add to that. So see you later, mate. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Also, are you wanting more content? Why not become a Believe Plus member? You'll get access to exclusive podcasts and episodes that aren't available to the public. Not only that, you'll also get our regular feed without any ads. Head to believepod.com forward slash plus to sign up today for just $5 a month. 
I'd like to um, discuss my one of my son's experiences with past life or what I believe is a past life. My son was only about six years old. He came to me um, one morning and very matter of fact told me that he'd been stabbed in his dream. I sat him down and asked him to tell me all about it. He described as being in a large group of soldiers he didn't actually use the word soldiers. He described it as just a group of, uh, he said they were wearing helmets, they had little swords. Um, he described in great detail what they were wearing. Um, so it definitely was a group of soldiers. He said they were all being um, on, they were all on foot. And he said they were being led, or he said there was a man up the, up the front wearing a funny helmet. He said that the man in the front held up his hand, um, signalling the group to stop. And as they looked around them, they could see people laying on the road in front. And he said he knew they were dead. Um, the next thing he knew, people were yelling and jumping out from the forest on either side. He said some were wearing animal skins, like with um, the, he described it as, at the time he was bear, wolf, um, but the pelt was on their shoulders and head, mainly. He said some of them had um, paint or some sort of um, smudging on their face. He said they were carrying um, little short swords, but they weren't the same swords he was carrying. Um, arrows, little axes, um, they were basically ambushed. He said that was he wasn't worried he said he wasn't worried about um, like he wasn't worried about death, but he was worried about leaving his friends. So he described it to me as I left. I was scared, so I ran, but I left them. He said the next thing he knew he was grabbed from behind. He said he could feel the arm come around his chest and stab him in the back, in the upper back, and then he lifted up his pyjama uh, top and he showed me where he was also stabbed in the upper chest. Um, he, he knew he was dying, he knew death was coming, but he said death didn't worry him, he was just more concerned that he had, he had run away. He was really, really upset, he was crying, he said, I left them, I left them, I ran. Mum, I left them, I ran. Um, he was visibly upset about that fact, not about the fact that he had died. Um, so I have studied ancient history um, and archaeology, so I had a fairly good idea of what he was describing, but I wasn't sure. So I pulled up Google and just asked him to stop me if anything looked familiar, and I was just flicking through images of Roman army images. And he, he pointed out, so the guy in the funny helmet was in fact a Roman centurion. Um, the uniform that James had described, the sword that he was carrying, was a Roman foot soldier. Like 100%. The, the stuff he described, I mean, he couldn't... At six years old, he had not even been exposed to any sort of ancient history. Um, so the fact that he could come up with these sort of details was just absolutely mind-boggling. Um, so if 
to me, it was clear he was part of some sort of Roman legion. Don't know where. Um, he didn't know where. He just could describe the terrain and what he was wearing. Possibly, based on the description he gave me, they were barbarians. Um, so there is a few more well-known attacks um, in, involving them. But once again, it's a bit hard to say where or who or... Um, Anyway, so he is now 13 years old and he can still recall that in great detail. I mean, I can ask him any question. He can tell me just as though it was yesterday. And for me, for, like with my own personal experiences, which I believe are past lives, I definitely think they're past lives. I mean, I don't think those sort of dreams where you can feel, you can smell, you can, you know, and a child, I mean, a six-year-old child... I don't think you can just write it off as being fantasy or a dream. I think past life is definitely real. Um, and for children more so, I mean, he was visibly upset about it. Um, he has actually had several past life, or what I believe are past life dreams. Um, another one, he described himself as being in World War II. Um, he didn't actually tell me if he was English or Australian or part of another army, but he did say that he was um, shot by the Nazis. So he was actually lined up with other men and shot, shot dead. Um, he hasn't told me too much about that, but it's interesting that he, he, does, he, I mean, he obviously recalls that and recalls being shot, but he's actually very, very much obsessed with World War II and modern history. Um, another one which we actually had a shared experience just very 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 quickly he was about three years old I had had a dream the previous night of being um, it was it was almost like a Stonehenge but it wasn't Stonehenge uh, we were a group of birds we were in a circle um, we were there were fire torches and I'd had a baby um, I remember running away from this group because for the reason they were going to sacrifice a child. I was actually a seer, or what was known as a seer. Um, anyway, in this dream, I was just running. I could feel this, the sticks run, um, like uh, scratching into my bare feet. It was incredibly vivid, incredibly detailed. I just woke up the, the next morning and just thought, wow, you know. A couple of probably weeks, I would say weeks later, I was picking up my son from my mother because I was working full time and he started yabbering away to me in the back. So he was only three, so he wasn't really forming sentences. He wasn't really talking. He was saying a few words in there. He actually said to me, Mummy, you Brina, you Brina, and that's how he said it. Um, he described in detail the dream, um, but from a different perspective. He described how I looked. He asked why I had, I had cut my hair, why I had, I had dyed my hair. He said I had long black hair. Um, it was I was actually so shocked and so shaken. I pulled over on the side of the road just to um, listen to him and just gather my thoughts because I, I physically could not drive. I was really, really shocked. And then he went on to describe that we lived together in what he described. He perfectly described um, a, a roundhouse. 
he described the dog we had. Um, so there was just me living at this roundhouse with this dog. It was absolutely mind-boggling. A child of that age that was hardly even forming sentences was recalling in detail the dream I had had weeks previous. Interestingly enough, when we relocated to England, um, when he was about five years old, we did take him to Stonehenge probably when he was about six or seven. And he went up to one of the exhibits because there's a um, like an exhibition centre there and they've got a lot of stuff on, deep, uh, on show, uh, stone, stone Age tools, etc. And he actually went up to the exhibit that the lady was rearranging and told her that she had placed the tools in the wrong position, that it wasn't correctly labelled. And when my husband reprimanded him, she said, oh, no, he's quite right. We actually haven't moved into its proper location yet. And she looked at me and looked at James, and I could see the look on her face. I mean, it was how he knew. I mean, how, how could he know? How could he know at that age? I mean, he he hadn't been exposed to any, anything like that. He hadn't, hadn't read about, you know, Stonehenge or age people or the tools they used and what they used them for, how he knew was absolutely mind-boggling. So I 100% believe in past lives. I believe that children definitely have more recall than adults. Um, I have had several experiences myself and I do believe that our interests reflect our past lives. Um, I mean, I have an interest in particular periods in history, and I do believe it's a connection to past life. Um, it's the same with my son. Interestingly enough, my younger son hasn't ever said anything like that or hasn't had any dreams or, um, you know, anything like that. So it's, it's chalk and cheese, really. But I just find it an absolutely fascinating subject. Um, yeah, I've got plenty, plenty of other experiences, particularly with James. Um, obviously, if people have listened to my podcast, they'll have more of an idea of that particular thought. But yeah, I find it all very interesting. Thanks again, Kate. Bye. And that's going to do it for tonight. And remember, if you have had an encounter, get in touch with me. My email address is believe at ccradio.com.au or you can message me on Facebook and that's facebook.com forward slash believe UFO radio. Until next time, stay safe and you've been listening to Believe Australian Paranormal and UFO Radio. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.